Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And welcome to Dynasty as They Want to Be, a podcast where we drill into every episode of the iconic 1980s television series, Dynasty. I'm your host, Derek J. Lang, and with me is my co-host, Kyler K. Jafari. Merry Sunday at the convention center. Yeah, so if you're listening at home or in your car or in your bathtub... We are recording our first ever live episode at NostalgiaCon 80s. It's the first ever convention celebrating 80s pop culture. And, you know, Dynasty is all about the 80s, so we had to come to NostalgiaCon. So we're so thankful and happy to be here and to be part of the festivities. It's been a real wild weekend they've had the cast of dallas reunite not the cast of dynasty unfortunately maybe next year so i guess we're here to represent we are we're here to represent the dynasty love and um uh cast members from dukes of hazard were here Corey feldman of course made an appearance they have a boombox museum that's really cool what other 80s things are going on here that caught your attention well there was a car show Oh, yeah, you love a car show. We had had a Mercury Grand Marquis station wagon with classic wood-sided paneling, you know. Sexy. Uh, But I think that leads us to another thing about, like, what is so 80s about Dynasty, you know? I I think uh, you've misleadingly entitled this cat fights and champagne and caviar. I knew you were going to call me out. Yeah, Uh, so I had to come up with a title for the panel, and I called it Champagne, Cat Fights, and... Uh, couture, not caviar, because well, nobody's whatever. eaten caviar yet. We are in the middle of season two here, and this is still 1981, and it doesn't feel very 1980s, at least not stereotypically. Yeah, well, and what's interesting about this week's episode that we're going to talk about is it's basically like the Christmas episode because it aired December 16th, 1981. So this was the last episode of 81 so but it doesn't have anything to do with the holidays or christmas or anything like that it's not a very special episode i mean there's a miscarriage in this episode so (laughs) it's not very jolly whatsoever Merry christmas (laughs) 
<laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I think we've said it before, but like to me, this show typifies the 80s because it started in 81 and it ended in 89 and it was setting trends in terms of fashion. And I think it was also responding to what was going on in the world, especially when it comes to like greed is good and just like socio-politically. Yeah, I, but I think there's an issue here because Dynasty kind of approaches the 80s from a couple different directions. And the first one is that Dynasty is ultimately a very adult show. It's not the Ghostbusters Saturday morning cartoon rendition of the 80s that we all kind of remember yeah um or at least as popularly identified yeah people have like romanticized the 80s because like downstairs at this convention there's like guys dressed as ghostbusters and people dressed as marty mcfly which is like fun and awesome i love those movies but there are these elements of the 80s that we seem to forget sometimes when we're being nostalgic and i think the other the other side of it too is the 80s in general we kind of think of as really 1985 through 1991 yeah you know and i'm saying 91 not to be cheeky but it's like there was like this sort of bleed um with the color palettes and the clothing styles and and just sort of the general attitudes that were much more upbeat and here we're like embroiled in season two where it's still very like that 80s malaise in the beginning um which is sort of like we're all just still eating the leftovers from 1978 you know, um, there's still like some hairdos and like the tans and browns and earth tones. Or like and when they go to like a disco. Yeah. So it's, it's yeah. Like very interesting to sort of see like how that still kind of carry forward. And it's not really what we call the 80s in today's imagination. But so here we are. We're in uh, the seventh episode of season two. Well, I don't know if it's coming across on the microphone, but Kyler is cosplaying a little bit here as Stephen Carrington. I Not could, really, but... I could hear your leather jacket kind of like squeaking on the mic. So if you're listening, that's what that is. I'm sorry. I'll send it out for polishing later. <laughs> it won't happen again. But yeah, I guess we should like get into this week's episode, which is, yeah, from the second season, episode seven. Should we just get into it? Party on, dudes. So the episode is called The Miscarriage because, as we thought was going to happen last week, Crystal has a... She loses the baby. She loses the baby. Um, you know, this is its sort of like soap opera standard fare in a way, but it's pretty high up there. It's rather extreme. Um, and also it is uh, incited by Alexis. And this might be her most dastardly thing she ever does. And this is kind of yeah. the first thing she ever does. So it's interesting. Like she starts off like really high here on this one. Yeah. We talked about it last week and it was really evil. I kind of don't want to dwell on it. I mean, there are several scenes with Crystal in the hospital and yeah, she loses the baby. I don't think there's a lot yeah, to discuss. On the top line, it's, it's, it's extreme and dramatic, but to actually see it play out in, in the episode is not as interesting as everything else that's going on. Yeah, we're in Nostalgicon. It's supposed to be fun. Nobody wants to be talking about that. Yeah, so it just so happens that this episode <laughs> ended up on the weekend that we're, uh, we're doing this episode. But I think we just move on to something far more fun and fabulous, and that is Fallon Carrington Colby after her salacious one night stand with Dr. Nicholas Toscani. Well, and I think we've talked about her before and she went off in daddy land for a little while and then she kind of came back the last couple episodes and yeah. here she's sort of reclaiming that like second wave feminism thing that she's been doing 
where it's like, you know, women can not only be divorced and go into work, but now they can also enjoy sex and when they're married. (laughs) Yeah. And so she's sort of like taken on this whole like self objectification in a way where she thinks that, you know, she can just take Nick to bed and uh, that's going to be her big power move. And it's kind of funny because at the end of the episode, he kind of gives her short shrift because she's like, oh, well, when am I coming over? And he's like, uh, I'll decide when that's going to happen. And so it kind of gets reversed on her at the end of the episode. So. Yeah, no, she's totally pissed at the end. And she learns a little bit more than I think anybody else in the Dynasty universe has learned about Nicholas Toscani's past. She sees this picture of his brother who... Uh, is from another mother or different father? No, he, he actually says, "Yeah, we're we're from another father," which yeah. is interesting because supposedly Fallon might be too. Mm-hmm. So they have that in common, other than their hot sexual appetites. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it's um, it's kind of it's kind of nice to have Fallon back, kind of slinking around and doing whatever she wants, and you know, Jeff is still just slobbering away and upset with her and he knows what's going on he confronts her and and he can totally tell that she stepped out on him crystal lost the baby i'm sorry for her are you yes jeff i'm really very tired i'd like to get some sleep i'll go to the hospital and visit her tomorrow and tell her how sorry i am she lost the baby okay what did you lose last night fallon your amateur standing. And the other person who can tell, which is so funny, yep. is her mother, Alexis. She sees her doing the walk of shame. Well, she, she pulls up and like, what is, was she traded in the doom buggy? It's, it's now it's turned into an Alfa Romeo or something. And she's uh, still got the silver pumps on and last night's dress. And it's yeah. pretty obvious. And Alexis knows exactly what's going on here. Yeah, and she even tells her, she says, I've been, I've stepped out of beds like that in the morning, just like you have. And Fallon tells her to just go stuff it. She's, she's still upset with her for, for being gone for 16 years, but it is nice to see Alexis trying to like care for Fallon because up until now, she's spent all of her attention on Steven. I still think she's just trying to dig her claws in. You know, I think Alexis is looking for an opportunity anywhere she can find it. And I think she kind of gave up when uh, Fallon didn't want anything to do with her in the prior episodes. So I think at this point, she's just trying to be nosy. What did you think of uh, (laughs) Alexis's comments to to Fallon about the way that she was acting? I just remember something about bad coffee. Ghastly coffee. Ghastly coffee. Come into my studio for a cup of ghastly coffee. No, yeah, she says uh, you may... Uh, it's it's actually a great quote. Something about, like, you don't know what you have until it's gone. Tell me something, Mother. Is this your way of finally saying you regret having cheated on my father? Maybe. That's not an answer. Well, let's just say that maybe some women don't appreciate what they have until they lose it. On the other hand, some women don't appreciate what they don't have until they get it she's just clearly at odds with her mother and also she's like still doing this like sexual liberation thing so 
Because it's all about Dr. Nick, right? Yeah, and that Dr. Nick is still getting around. Um, I wish he'd go away. He's like such an obnoxious character. I never thought I could hate anybody more than that chauffeur from the prior episode or prior season. But he's just like misogyny personified. Like the way that he speaks to women. He's also got yellow teeth. Yeah, when he laughs at Claudia. So, yeah, so he's still working his way around the Carrington mansion and he's bothering Claudia or well, That's that's his thing. He just like shows up like a bad disease everywhere, you know? It's like it, people are trying to just do their thing and then he just there he is on the scene and Claudia's like, "Leave me alone. I'm trying to go for a swim," you know? And uh, it's it's he's clearly just like a plot device and i can't wait for his plot to be over <laughs> well what i can't wait for it to be over or wait to figure out i guess i should say is so claudia's going for a swim now she has really made herself comfortable in the carrington mansion she has no business being there anymore she's not suicidal and she's just like in the pool working out doing like whatever she wants and she goes for a swim she gets out of the pool dr nicholas fettuccini is like annoying her and then she walks away and she has she's like magically in some magically in high heels and like I didn't see her put I, I them on. I think she clicked her heels and then she was in her heels. It was like this I think weird, she was swimming in. I don't know things. if it was like bad continuity or good continuity, but anyway. Well, but they were like click click clacking along. So I don't know. I thought that was so funny that like she got out of the pool and into heels. Well, and she's kind of in like a a wild swimsuit here and. Again, it's like these like it, this is callback to how she was like the sex goddess in the prior season, but she's very much moved on from that in a way. Like her character, I'm, I don't know if they just kind of fell out of love with her when they were writing her character, but she kind of turns into a whole different character. And this is sort of like this episode really is like the turning point. I feel like. But. I've spent a lot of time with psychiatrists. Matthew hired them. Matthew paid for them. Matthew's gone now. You're here. Except I didn't hire you, and I'm not the one that pays you. Got that out of your system? Hmm? Good. No applause? <sighs> Touche. Look, Claudia, I'm not quarreling with your motives. This is why I keep it a dark secret. We neurotics always cover ourselves with quilts that are sewn together with dark secrets, hadn't you noticed? She's started to realize that Matthew's not coming back, Lindsay's not coming back. I mean, I think we all know they're not coming back, but her as a character, she's like, I don't know, finally realizing she's got to move well, on. And then she's, so I don't even remember this, but she's going to work for Carrington now. Was that mentioned? Everybody's going to. Jeff's going to work for the Carringtons. She's going to, like, everybody's just moving into the house and some sucking off of the, you know, the Carrington tits, apparently, because it's like. <laughs> Nostalgicon is a family friendly event. No, I don't think I don't you can say that. that but, um, <laughs> no, but the other thing about Claudia in this episode, again, which is to me a turning point, she, you know, Stephen walks in. And he's trying to like reach out to her and sort of feel out like what sort of relationship do they still have? And she's like, basically, love don't live here anymore. You know, she's like, no, I I don't love you. And I, she see, pretty I much shuts the door on him. I didn't believe it though. I think she's compartmentalizing her feelings so she can start to move on with her life after all of these tragedies she's been through. The way she responded, I didn't believe it. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, you know, because you've seen all of the episodes and I haven't, but I don't know. I just, I think she still must feel something because she just went to such extremes 
to be in a relationship with him, you know? Yeah, but I think that's actually, this is really closure for the two of them. I, and honestly, she does move on. But even not knowing that, to me, I thought it was very believable that she's kind of like shut the door on him. And I also think what proves that out is that he has the thing with Sammy Joe in this episode. Yeah, we need to talk about that. But, okay, so if you want to go to this whole, like, why did they title this episode The Miscarriage? You know, my big take on it is that Crystal's miscarriage is sort of an abandonment of a whole line of writing that's happened in the show up until this episode. And they're kind of moving on from, you know, season one was very serious and very dry, um, as good as it could be in certain moments. And then here, Crystal's uh, incident is sort of like, we're moving on. We're, we're ab- abandoning that. Like, this is no longer a pregnant idea in a way. Um, and that's the same thing we see here with Claudia and Steven. Like, she's like shutting that down. And she's going to become a very different character. Steven's going to go on with Sammy Joe. And so I think in, a, in like a lot of ways, these things all intertwine and I think that's actually kind of why it's, it's, it was sort of smart writing that they made it the miscarriage. And even though it's not, it's in the background and it's not like the big action in this episode. So that's kind of why I see Claudia moving on from him. And I believe her when she says that. Well, I will say they, I don't know if he was moving on, but he certainly was moving very quickly. I couldn't believe what Stephen was up to this episode. So we see him with Sammy Joe at this party where there's a bunch of like crazy teens sitting oh, yeah. on this, each other's laps like and a, drinking alcohol. A rent house party with like a beer buster. And I, I like the couple on the couch. I don't know if the guy's name is Buddy, but I think he's kind of into Steven in a weird way because like he keeps like looking him up and down and he's kind of asking him yeah, way too many questions. Yeah, you race, buddy. But that's, that's the thing. He's like, you don't race. It's like sort of this like code for you're not the masculine stereotype well, around here. A, and, there was a woman with short hair with a man sitting on her lap um, amongst all of these crazy friends of Sammy Joe's. But when this scene happened, I thought like, wait a minute, did Amazon prime like skip ahead? Because it's like Sammy Joe has only been in Denver for like, two episodes oh, she's and fast. now she's already like she's fast she as they is say. a fast like, girl so she can plug in anywhere and find a group of these hoodlums. as alexis says a taste for the bizarre yes yeah, a genius for the bizarre oh, yeah a genius what, for yeah. the bizarre but yeah i just couldn't believe how things were m- moving so quickly and then that also extends to the relationship with steven she borrows a car and goes for this ridiculous race car driving sequence but around see, around the, the track whole, the racetrack scenario i think is like this again it's part of this code for like how do we make steven straight and it's like oh we'll put him in a mustang too and he'll go racing with the boys and i think it's interesting the the buddy buddy or whatever his name was that was saying this to him earlier like rams him from the rear during oh. the race. It's like, you know, pull up from the bumper or whatever, like as Grace Jones would say. So I, I don't know. It was just, I think it's all sort of subtext, but it's interesting. Um, but like ultimately the, the gay therapy conversion works because he's like, I love racing and I love you, Sammy Joe. And it's like, what? It, it was just, so out of left field. I, I just felt like I had amnesia. Like what? Where did that come from? Why did he suddenly fall in love with her and race car driving? I I feel like the writers just like did an about face on his character, Claudia's character, and the Sammy Joe thing is just, 
I think it's pretty egregious, but well, now there is some dissension there because they go up to the the lake house, the lake house where he banged Claudia, and Sammy Joe is throwing herself at him. She is just—I mean, Alexis is right; she's a trump, right? But you have to wonder, like, she's not really into him; she's into his money. Yeah, I mean, she's the she's and the whole hair. she's the whole poor side of town in Dayton, and she's jealous of Aunt Crystal, or at least aspirational. And this is like her door into that life now that she's there, you know. Yeah, I mean, she does seem a little offended, but like I can't be emotionally attached to their relationship because she literally just moved into the mansion, and now she's like taking off her hot electric blue pants trying to mount Steven and he's not into it. <laughs> well, it's interesting because she's like, what's the matter with me? Why don't you like me? You know, because uh, you have a vagina dear. <laughs> that's why. But, but, but they're talking afterward and, you know, he says like in this life, you know, because she, she says, is it because I, I told you about all those boys I slept with? And, and he says, like, you know, in this life, we can't be ashamed of what we did in the past. Mm-hmm. And, of course, he means one thing, and he means something else for her. But they're both sort of aligned in that way. So it's... Well, and it's not even an issue just for the two of them. Alexis gets Blake involved in this. And that scene with Alexis and Blake is well, so bone-chilling. It's interesting because so far, Alexis has been like the cool mom, you know, that smokes and jet sets and, yeah, and she wears was, all the best clothes. But then like... And she took him to brunch and he told him like, I'm cool that you were gay or whatever. Right. But she kind of regresses on that a little bit here. And I mean, she's only cool to a point. I've known young men who decide that maybe homosexuality is not their lifestyle after all. So they decide to settle down and marry, except that they marry too fast. And they marry the wrong woman. Maybe even some tart that they pick up in a bar. Let me break it down. Her issue is not with him being a homosexual or having homosexual thoughts or actions. It's with Sammy Joe. She's a woman that doesn't come from means and she wants better for Steven. So I think that's what she has the bigger issue with. It's not the fact that he had a homosexual past. But Well, but don't forget when they were grouse hunting on the moor in the prior episode, she was trying to you know, talk him into meeting some nice girls, you know. Well that, good okay, stock. so that's yeah. my next that's my next point. I think what she wants for him is a proper beard because we're looking at this from the 2019 mentality where that's like an old fashioned thing that people wouldn't do anymore or shouldn't do anymore. But in 81, that's like an established social norm. Like if you're maybe a gay man of means, you've got to find some wife to prop up and pretend to to be so she wants to pimp him out to a wealthy daughter of a good family Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i don't know i'm conflicted like i want to love alexis through and through but that's you know that's what i like about her character though is she is troubling at times like she's not a perfect Mm -hmm. fit for every you know positive thing um and i think this is one of those I think another one's like where we always think like she's like the villain that wins, but sometimes when you listen to the things she says, she says they they don't really always hit their mark. So she's not perfect. Yeah, you know she she does have her her fallbacks sometimes. Well, what's interesting to me is this scene that the two of them had, Blake and Alexis. They are 
an agreement for the first time, I think, since she's returned back well, to the Carrington Blake's mansion. Well, just excited to turn his son straight, so that's all he cares about. Yes, yes. I, Somebody I'll to talk to him. Pass on the family line, you know. And I loved Stephen's reaction, and I think Al Corley played it really well when Blake tried to, like, corner him in the bedroom and, and tell him to leave Sammy Joe alone. Like, And Stephen's like, shut up, dude. I'm like over i'm in my 20s like i can do whatever i want like i'm not gonna have my daddy tell me how to live my life but can you when you're living under daddy's roof well not on this show i mean daddy's gonna do whatever daddy but, I mean, wants don't you think that's why everybody's living there because he's really like pulling the puppet strings on all these people in a way i know it's like well on one hand you get to live in this like fabulous mansion with like a pool and a chef and a wait staff and fruit cups for breakfast every morning but then on the other hand you have to deal with blake freaking carrington well i mean don't you think that's why he offered that job to jeff i mean you can get somebody from the other side you know from colby co to work under his auspices you know so it's yeah that's all part of uh, blake's power dynamics but well we how alexis is kind of like woven herself in and out and she's even getting involved in like the carrington business so she overhears andy the attorney comes in and is like oh you gotta get your oil tankers back um they're in the the middle east and this guy uh ahmed is going to facilitate that so I guess we're being introduced to a new plot here involving some sheik or something. I don't know. Well, yeah, that's sort of at the tail end of a different plot, though, which is where she goes to Blake and she's having that conversation we were talking about. And she's like, oh, I'm going to go up to Crystal's room now and get that baby present so that she's not oh distraught God. when she comes so home from the evil. hospital. And, of course, she's just up there to, like, nose around and see what's literally going on. Like, like, literally, like, smelling crystals yeah. Like, literally <laughs> nose around. And then she has that, like, sort of bitch fest with the butler, you know, which yeah. is interesting because that used to be Crystal in the butler's thing, but now it's, like, now she's having it out with the butler. I don't and know. And you know what? Joseph the bitchy butler can go because he is no match for her, and he tries to come for her every time, and then she shuts th- him down. I still think he's got a secret shrine to her because you know he already had that weird like S and M conversation with her a couple of episodes ago. He was kind of salivating. Now he's like talking about, oh well, you know, while you've been away, I looked you up in your family history and I read all the tabloids, and it's like, but why are you keeping a scrapbook for? For Alexis Carrington, your former mistress, you know. Yeah, <laughs> like, I love that we learned that her father was the hatter, hatter the to king. the king. I, I suppose this would have been Edward the Seventh or whatever, nineteen ten-ish or whatever her oh, father would you, have been around. You have the know, receipts on that one, huh? Yeah, so that 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 historical math checks out. I think. I don't believe it, but okay. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, she she moves on from that, and then she yeah she's uh, listening at the door of the library, and now she's gonna horn in on this like Ahmed Rashid character that I guess has taken the uh, the oil tankers hostage or something. I, I I don't know. It's it's all just sort of like oil stuff. I mean, we never know what we're talking about. She with these does things. spend a lot of the episode. Um, on the phone I think like we have we're showing slides mm. at Nostalgicon and I think manner. we have like four yeah. pic- pictures of her it's <laughs> the best like talking on the phone so there's, there's one where she's like sort of petting the lampshade with her fingernails and then there's like another one where she's teasing her hair and it's just like is she sharpening her claws you well know? there's one where she's in her nightgown I think that was the scene and she calls the hospital <laughs> and she's like 
can I, I want to know about Mrs. Carrington's baby. Like, did she have a miscarriage? And the woman on the phone She's is like, no, I'm not like, family, but I'm the ex-wife. Like, yeah, and like, then it's like, click. <laughs> <laughs> and Alexis is just like, how dare you? But see, that's, that's sort of my thing with her is like, everybody like remembers her as this like perfect villain, but she doesn't always get her way. Sometimes she does, and a lot of times she doesn't. I love that. But, uh, yeah, but I also like she she kind of does this elegant thing with the cord as she walks around the the sofa table. I don't know. She's just, she knows how to move. She's she's a very great stage actress in some ways. Yeah. No, it's kind of hammy, but I still love it. And it sort of actually makes me long for the days, you know, here at NostalgiaCon being nostalgic for, like, when a phone had a cord and it was, like, attached to something and it was, like really big and you had to like I remember squeeze my, your my grandmother would do this thing it. where she'd take her earring off with the phone you know because otherwise it wouldn't be right there <laughs> to, I don't know it's like just like funny like these were all things nobody would remember anymore but yeah nobody has to deal with that anymore you just have this like flat piece of glass pressed against your ear but like really and then when you would talk on the phone because you couldn't like text or IM anybody you know so you would like be holding that thing for hours well, and hours. The phone was really your umbilical cord to the world. And it's like, God forbid you didn't answer the phone because you may not know what you're doing tonight. Your friends might ditch you because you didn't answer the phone and they're all off somewhere and you will never know. Yeah. <laughs> so. Or what you were going to do that night is just sit on the phone all night and talk to somebody else. But Alexis doesn't do that. She has, you know, places to go and mansions to insinuate herself into. Now, she does have this other moment with Claudia, which this might be oh, the only yeah. time. I got so excited because I always wanted Alexis and Claudia to meet because I thought they might be friends or something. No, I, th- I think they're like opposite signs on the Zodiac or something. I, 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 they just don't mesh to me. And it's clear here in the way that they wrote the oh, characters. Oh, yeah, Claudia the, wants yeah. nothing to do with her. Like, I guess Alexis's reputation precedes her because Claudia is, just shuts of, her it down. It is a bit of fun, though, because it's like, here's the mooches that hang out and like live on the character. Carrington dime just sort of running into each other at the pool and then you know and but yeah the, these two like clearly are coming from two different directions and have nothing to do with each other well should we talk about our looks of the week I think that's pretty much it for this episode right it kind of ends with um, a thud Fallon is just pissed that Dr. Nicholas Toscani well, doesn't want to take her to the nurse's her station. Sexual and liberation handed to her, you know, like Dr. Nick ain't down for all that, and he's going to call the shots. And so I, I don't know. This is how she always like gets herself in trouble, whether it's with Michael the chauffeur or with Dr. Nick Toscani. You know, again, it's it's like how Alexis doesn't always get her way. It's like there's there's always these like pokes and prods, but. You know, these these women are never, like, fully in control. Well, like you were saying, this is what this whole episode was about. Nobody got their way. I mean, Crystal didn't get her way. Alexis maybe kind of got her way, but ultimately didn't. Claudia's not getting anything that she really wants. Uh, Steven's not. You know, he wanted Claudia. So it's it's kind of disappointing for everybody involved. I guess Jeff got a job at Denver Carrington. So yay, Jeff. Uh, Jeff's a non-entity to me at this point. I kind of liked him in season one, but he's, at this point, I'm I'm washing my hands of Jeff. Well, wait till he takes his shirt off again. Mm, He'll probably be interested again. That never worked on me. All right, well, let's talk about our looks of the week. So... Every week, we choose our favorite lurk from the episode. This episode, I thought there was 
a lot of stuff well, to choose you know, from. Nothing too fancy. As we were saying some... about, you know, this show in relationship to the 80s, I mean, I think the clothes are certainly mirrored as the, the seasons progress. But I think that is sort of like what we always get into trouble with in the early seasons because, you know, there's not any strong clothes or sometimes there's not at least. So, but I think it's interesting to sort of look at what everybody was wearing in this episode. What was your lurk of the week? I mean, for me, it was clearly Joan Collins and the, you know, the red silk dress with the uh, gold accents. Yeah, she kind of had like a Wonder Woman so vibe going here's, on. Here's something interesting, though. I didn't realize this was a December episode, but I immediately she looks to me like that that prepackaged bush of poinsettias at the grocery store, <laughs> and it comes in like that gold mylar wrapping on the pot, you know? So like here she is like looking like that, but it and happens to be Christmas. And poinsettias are very poisonous. It's, so it's, I like a sort of oblique reference to the holiday season here, even though it's like that's got nothing to do with this episode. Right. But yeah, you know, it's 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 not very what we would call 80s. It's almost, you know, it could be from the late 70s and basically oh, the cut is. Oh, I think is, the jewelry is very The jewelry is very 80s. 80s for sure, the way it's accessorized. But, you know, it's it doesn't have shoulder pads and it's not power dressing. And it's not like what we think of when we think of Alexis, you know, Carrington. So it's, you know, it's getting there. But it's it's still like to me one of the more outstanding you know costumes in this episode well and i know it's coming because i follow like what alexis wore on instagram so i've seen lots of outfits that are coming but like unfortunately alexis since she's come back to denver hasn't been invited to like a ball or had like a really fabulous moment where she's had to dress up now that said she still dresses. she up. still finds moments because yeah, she's very she still just dresses up yeah. to like you know go say bitchy things to crystal in you know the dining room but um she hasn't really needed to dress up for any reason like she's just been kind of milling about the carrington mansion like we haven't even really seen her Outside of the studio, I think all of her best looks come when she gets embroiled in big business at Colby Co., which is not for another three or five episodes or something. Or maybe next season. I don't remember. Might be the end of the season or the beginning of next season. Don't tease me. But yeah, I really like that too. I, 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 it wasn't my look of the week because I thought that like, what is it, a dress or a suit? Was it pants? It's, a, it's just a plain old dress. You okay, know. it's a dress. The dress didn't... Well, it's, it's interesting. Kind of like, it's, it's, you mm. know, it's, it's a straight pattern below the waist and then it's pleated at the bottom. You know, so there's some, some sort of like interesting sort of couture details there if you really want to go there. But I just really like the jewelry. It's all about the accessorizing for sure. Yeah, you know. no, the gold jewelry and... <laughs> the fact that the bracelets are kind of like cuffs and it has another superhero kind of. So what's the, wh- what do we have next up on the, what, what was your look of the week uh-huh. is the name of the segment? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Mine was Claudia Blaisdell's Athleisure. Now this is long before Athleisure was a thing. No, 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 no. This, this is at the very beginning of it. There's, there was a this was when Jazzercise like exploded onto the scene like oh, there was the yeah, whole no, thing no. with Olivia Newton-John I mean you know this is like clearly right at peak Yeah but I mean they were calling things athleisure in 1981 No they that's were like, calling it like workout wear or something Right like, so some, that's some what I'm saying phrase, like yeah. Claudia was doing athleisure before Gwyneth Paltrow or whoever What exactly does that mean a velvet tracksuit and a headband yeah, it's it's athleisure. It's athletic and it's leisurely. She's leisurely lounging by the pool in athletic wear. 
But anyway, so this outfit is amazing. She's got well, this insane headband on, this like purple headband that matches her like purple sweatpants suit. That's pretty insane. I gotta say. But it's like one of those headbands where it's like round, you know, it's not I just it's like braided. Or no. it's like braided, but it's like roundy because like you're used to like the Tennessee headbands, you know, that are just like flat and have like a stripe around them. Oh no, them. she went five star with this shit. Yeah. Yeah, and it just goes back to like the fact that she's really embracing fashion and just living this rich lifestyle, even though she's like a suicidal wife of a geologist who left her, you know, a few weeks ago, months ago. I don't know how much time has passed since it's that hard trial. to tell. I feel like in the Dynasty universe, like days could go by and you, nobody would know. Yeah, it's interesting. It feels like it should be months. But it maybe has only been a couple of days. I, in a weird know. way, I, I could theorize that this whole last season and then these last episodes could all have happened in like four days' time in some strange way. Yeah, the only <laughs> thing that throws it off for me... the way that the show is paced. Yeah, the thing that throws it off for me is like Sammy Joe just arrived and now she's got all of these friends and is part of like the Denver racing scene. So it's kind of weird. They're all time travelers, I think. Um, so what else do we have? I think there's like some other things we wanted to talk about with, with the clothes here. No, I don't know. Do you want to talk about some, did you have any honorable mentions for looks of the week? Well, we had talked about, uh, Sammy Joe, the prior episode, but I do think she might even be wearing the same pants. It's Those have like, got to be the same. Yeah. Pants. It's these, uh, well, the, that tells you something about her right there. Doesn't it? Tramp. Right? She's, um, yeah, this is like the, what the turquoise poly sheen, you know, cigarette pants. I mean, this again, like young women in this early eighties time, like that was like rebellion dressing and it's a sort of a hangover from Farrah Fawcett, you know, which well, even goes down to her hairdo, I think. Uh, the other, the other outfit. And wearing the classic cha-cha heels. I mean, can't get enough of those. Yeah. You love a cha-cha heel. The other thing, the other outfit that I really liked is Claudia's swimsuit, which you mentioned a little bit before, but I thought this was like a really chic swimsuit for, you know, some Honestly, lodger I, I to I think wearing. I see young women wear this today at the pool. Yeah, totally. You could totally wear that. Um, maybe I th- not. I think it was supposed to bespeak a sort of an adult, you know, opinion on swimwear at the time. But I think now it's like totally, this is just what lots of young women would wear. Yeah. And Crystal was in the hospital the whole episode, but there was this weird like (laughs) flashback moment to um, her and Blake's talk about all the baby love and... Ugh, it was like so gross. I I wish they wouldn't have flashed back to that. I, I don't know how this relates to clothes, but yeah, the two of them <laughs> kissing is sort of like no chemistry and it's very closed mouth and strange looking. <laughs> anyway, Yeah. I can't look at the picture. I'm going to throw up my pretzel that I got at the Anaheim convention center. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that costs four good dollars now. <laughs> Should we open up, up to the audience? Does anybody in the audience um, have any comments about um, Dynasty? Do you want to come up to this microphone? So we can... <laughs> oh, thank you. My name is Robert. Um, I've seen the show. It's been a while since I've seen the show, but I used to watch it. Um, have you gotten to the episode where Fallon was with the football team yet? Um, isn't that in the, in the first season? I, I can't remember. It was either first or the beginning of the second. Yeah, she mentions that, I think, in the first or second. Yeah. Well, at the wedding. Yeah, at the wedding. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, so no, I love that. So at the wedding, three of the football players from her dad's team come up and, like, kiss her on the mouth. 
and you can see Crystal in the background, like look, like oh my god, like she, what is going on here? Well, yeah, that was that was Crystal's introduction to what she was getting into. She oh, was like, okay. oh, this is an interesting family, you know. She didn't grow up like all of that, you know. But, there but was, there, um, do the football players come back? Yeah, later. In, no, yeah, I think um, there's a subsequent episode when Jeff confronts Fallon about her cheating. And he's like naming all her lovers. He's like, you were with the chauffeur, the doctor, the football team. Okay, yeah. So I was going to say that might come back to her later. Yeah, because yeah. I feel like there's so many people she's cheated with. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and and she, she was talking about with Dr. Dr. Nicholas Toscani that um, he reminded her of like a soccer player that she was like banging in Greece or something like that. So <laughs> She loves an athlete. Um, a couple of my comments from your comment. Well, number one, I, as you know, Joseph, he's not the butler. He's the major domo. Right, the major as domo. We actually, Alexa, we had this out the last yeah, time. He, yeah, like, yeah. I'm not the butler. I'm <laughs> he's the even said domo. as much, right. And then well, with uh, Sammy Joe, I think part of it, Sammy Joe is white trash, but I think she's also Crystal's niece. I think that's a big reason why Alexis does not like her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah. Because... Um, yeah, that's, a good point. Yeah, that's actually true. It, that's sort of like right there on the surface, but you're so caught up in just the snobbery between, you know, Alexis and, and uh, Sammy Joe that, yeah, but you're right. She's totally just an inroad to Crystal. Right. So, yeah, that, that's actually right. one more reason. And the other, the other thing is, um, from my understanding of the show, the producers, or actually the network, produ- uh, pressured the show to change Steven into straight. So right. that's why there was a sudden turnaround. I think Al Corley left the show because of it. Because, right. Yeah, that yeah. happens not too many episodes later, I think. Yeah. yeah. I, I know that, and I've, like, read about that before, but I try to keep my opinions to just, like, what's on the screen, you know? And so, to me, he feels very bisexual, right? Because he's been in a relationship with a man. He was right. in a relationship with Claudia, a woman, and they were both sexual like physical and emotional relationships so to me i'm like oh he's bi like that's the way it is but i do know behind the scenes they were like yeah ixnay on the gay stuff right but i don't know if you just watch the show he kind of like that's what he should be right you know but it's also like that was the 80s now it's a totally different time you know sexuality is a lot more fluid and stuff back then People didn't think of it that way. So, any does uh, anybody else in the audience have any comments? Um, no. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I think that wraps it up for our first ever live recording of Dynasty as they want to be. First of all, I just want to thank everybody uh, for joining us here at NostalgiaCon. This was so much fun. Uh, you know, normally we record this like at our kitchen table or, you know, in a hotel room or, you know, in a car. Yeah, I don't think I've been outside in like six months. So <laughs> yeah, I'm we glad we had this opportunity to leave the kitchen. home and watch Dynasty. Yeah. So this was really fun to do it, um, you know, in a public setting and share the love of Dynasty. And who knows? Maybe we'll be back at next year's NostalgiaCon and we'll have some Dynasty cast members joining us. Unfortunately, Joan couldn't be here today, but, you know, maybe... She wouldn't return any of my phone calls. Yeah, I did tweet her, um, but uh, she didn't tweet me back, so... But, uh, yeah, so thanks, everybody, for joining us. And if you're listening, thank you for listening. Kyler, thank you so much for joining me. And I think that's it for this episode. That's it, baby. Thank you.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.